thank you for tuning in to this episode of Acres of Hope. We are homesteading homeschoolers on a mission to equip and encourage you on your journey. On this show, we want to inspire you to keep on keeping on. Galatians 6.9 says, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. Hey there, my name is Jerry Ann Sheely from Elwood Acres Farm and Homestead. Welcome to our show. Following God is rarely a quick path from point A to point B. Goodness, I mean, for us at least. You know, I've had a lot going on lately that has me thinking about that. And it got me thinking about one of the biggest decisions that we ever made as a family. For many years, we had dreamed about selling our home in the city and buying land and a homestead in the country. But every time we really talk seriously about it, we back down. We live next door to my widowed mother, who was at the time in her late 70s and who to this day has no interest in living in the country. It was my late grandmother's home that we owned and that we'd have to sell. So, you know, feelings of guilt of leaving mom and fear really kept us from pursuing our dreams. But then out of nowhere came this opportunity. A family who we had gotten to know who had been missionaries in the Dominican Republic for about 25 years mentioned how they had been praying for another family to come to the DR and help them start a farm ministry um, to, that would like, help the brethren and their church to be able to have skills to better support themselves. They were looking for some of the very things that we were passionate about, and one of those things was aquaponics. Aquaponics is a sustainable way to grow fish and vegetables in one system that has worked really well in many third world, third world situations as well as in our backyard. As we prayed about this opportunity, the idea of moving, really, it just became a lot easier. Um, it was a much easier decision for us. It kind of gave me the courage and peace um, feeling like God was calling us to do these things and it wasn't just for some dream to start homesteading and farming in our late 30s when neither of us had any background in such a thing. Um, so within the next eight months, there we were. Our house was sold after 12 days on the market. And yes, my mama was mad and she thought we were foolish to sell our home and that was hard. But we were excited and ready to start this farming thing, and on a tropical island, nonetheless. So it, it sounds very dreamy and romantic, doesn't it? <laughs> well, we temporarily moved into my mother's guest house, which was a little one-bedroom garage apartment, less than 900 square feet, with our five kids. And, oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention um, Right after we decided to sell our home, we found out that we were pregnant with our reversal baby um, that we had been praying for for many years. And yes, that is another story for another day. But so the seven of us are in this tiny house and I'm pregnant and I'm 40 years old and in like a, what felt like a millisecond after we closed on the sale of the house the door to the Dominican Republic began to shut on us. 
there were many circumstances that led us to realize that we weren't heading there at this point. And so our sweet Elijah was born, and now there were eight of us in this space with nowhere to go. Um, and we were second guessing everything. Um, we now were living next door to our old house. So our five bedroom, three and a half bath house with our mature fruit trees and garden spots and our blooming perennials that I had lovingly planted over the last decade were all right there beside us. And we had no idea what had just happened. I distinctly remember one sunny afternoon, I was out back and I was hanging our clothes on the line between the trees, the line, I had a, I had a line, clothesline hung between trees in the backyard, in my mom's backyard. And um, this was because we only had a washing machine in our tiny home. And even though mom had a washer and dryer in her house, and it was a lot to lug it from our home downstairs into her place and all of that. So I used that line a lot. And so I had been back there that day. And I just remember so distinctly tears just rolling off my cheeks. And I was just praying. I was just saying, Lord, you know, if, if you've called us to live in 900 square feet, in this 900 square feet home in my mama's backyard, then I'm going to do the best that I can do to be content with that. But Lord, if there's an opportunity for us, I just beg you to please show us the way. Well, six months from selling our house, an opportunity did come to us. And in a quick couple weeks, we were off, but not to the not to the Dominican Republic, but rather just the next state over. Um, working with a ministry who wanted none other than aquaponics for their ministry. We lived and worked there at this ministry for men who were recovering from addiction, from drugs and alcohol for almost a year, our entire family. And then about as fast as we were called there, we knew our time was done. And we moved back to our hometown um, and we felt no direction from the Lord for other ministry work at that point. And we were like perplexed, we were, we were a bit exhausted, um, and really we just only knew one thing, which is we had to find a place for our family to live. We looked at rentals, but in our area, rentals were like two to three times more expensive than our old house payment. Um, we honestly were a little bit fearful to buy as we just didn't think that this is where we would be in less than two years from selling our home in the city. And you know, during that time, we had more moments of doubt. I mean, was Mama right? Were we foolish to have sold our home? Here we are, just trying to figure out what we're going to do, where we're going to live with our family. And so we began looking and praying about buying another home. And, you know, obviously our first question was where. I had always lived in the town that my mother was still in, and my husband had lived um, in that same town throughout our marriage, and um, we just really didn't even know where we were to go at this point. My father-in-law had mentioned an old home place right down the road from his house multiple times. Looking at it online, I wasn't impressed, yet he just kept bringing it up, and one afternoon while Greg was working, Grandpa and I 
and a couple of the kids rode out to the country to look at a home that to this day I actually call my dream house. It was an old Victorian home with this massive wraparound porch on seven acres. It had outbuildings and a root cellar and a terrible leaking roof and no doubt a money pit. So as we were um, on the road, um, on the road home talking about how amazing and awful this house was at the same time, Grandpa mentioned again that old home place where his best friend lived when he was growing up. This house had been was being sold um, with the with six acres of the sixty or so more from the original homestead. This farmhouse was on our way home, and as we got close, I reluctantly said, "Okay, pull in." We drove around the U-shaped driveway that circled the house. It was early spring, and so like the majesty of this pecan line driveway, I didn't even notice. The farmhouse from the outside, it, it didn't move me like at all. Um, but as we rounded the back of the house, a little old building caught my attention. It was a small, quaint building. Perfect for a brooder, for baby chicks, I thought. And beside it was this huge oak tree. And then, then beside that was another much larger outbuilding that was nearly blackened with age, but sturdy and windows that were covered with chicken wire. What is that? I asked Grandpa. Well, that's the old chicken coop, he said. Oh, wow. That's cool. Grandpa pointed out the huge chinaberry tree out back that was beyond the kitchen window and it overhung yet another old building. And he told us how he climbed that tree as a kid and how they had chinaberry wars with the berries. I then asked him, so what is that building? Oh, he said, that's the smokehouse for the pigs they raised. As they rounded the driveway to head back towards the front of the house, there was an old wooden clothesline. And there I was, dreaming, envisioning, and even making some plans. I remember saying to Grandpa, like, it's ready for chickens right now. We wouldn't have to build anything. Of course, he agreed because he loved the idea of his son and grandchildren moving just two miles down the road in this little hometown onto the farm that he had so many memories at. So within a few days, there we were, Greg and I, we were putting an offer down on this 100-year-old farmhouse. We learned that there was already an offer on the table, and it seemed for a moment like yet another door was closing. But the realtor suggested that we write the family a note letting them know who we were and why this little old farmhouse and some serious need of TLC was where we wanted to raise our family. We later learned that they were moved by Greg's letter and knowing that he was the son of Randy, that it was an easy decision for them to take our offer on the house, um, which was no better than the other offer. So there we were years of dreaming and walking a windy faith and tear-filled path um, that led us right to where God had planned all along. Well, that was almost four years ago, 
and our path has seemed no less windy or tear-filled. These years have definitely been years of refining, and the Lord has been teaching us to follow close by Him. I think it's like that, you know, our faith journeys are never an easy road. Each new endeavor for us feels so much like of back where it all began. You know, you seek God's will, you step out in faith, and you think you know where He's leading, but it's just rarely ever a straight shot from point A to point B. But you just keep seeking Him and putting one foot in front of the other and trusting that He knows and He is good. This week in one of my devotionals, there was a poem that just really stuck out to me and spoke to me. And um, I just wanted to share that with you. He was better to me than all my hopes. He was better than all my fears. He made a bridge of my broken works and a rainbow of my tears. He guided by paths that I could not see, by ways that I have not known. The crooked was made straight and the rough was made plain as I followed the Lord alone. I praise Him still for the pleasant palms and the water springs on the way, for the glowing pillar of flame by night and the sheltering cloud by day. But as the promise of His love endears, I read from the past that my future shall be far better than all my fears. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of Elwood Acres of Hope. I pray that wherever you are today and whatever step of faith that you're walking out, that you just lean on Him and that just know that even though the road might be filled with twists and turns, He knows where you're heading and you'll arrive right on time.